Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. It's nice to be back in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise God. And uh, I truly believe that God is blessing you so much in this place with this type of worship. The host of heaven were present and are still present with us in this service. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, First and foremost, I would love to... Thank you once again, my pastors, uh, for entrusting me once again with uh, this anointed pulpit. And uh, I believe the connection between us is just uh, that bond that can never be broken. And I know KICC has invested a lot in our early stages of ministry. So we are connected at the core. And uh, I would like to thank the team that I've come with. I've come with uh, Pastor Mafuno, and I've come with um, some of our Dream Team members. That's uh, the operations of the church. I said, let's go and see, so that we learn something. Praise the Lord. And I remember, Pastor McDuff, you talked about my book. I brought it. (laughs) So this is your copy. Yes. God bless you. Hallelujah. Yeah, um, it's also my testimony. I love to teach from my testimonies. And uh, the target market was the youth because the time that I was a youth, I messed up. So what is written there is what I don't want some youths to repeat. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. My Father and my God, I thank you this morning for ushering me into this house. That, Lord Father God, you had predestined that on this day, we are going to be in this house to be blessed and to hear your word. And Father, I thank you for our pastors in this house. We thank you for all the leaders. We thank you for all the members. We thank you, Lord Father God, for each and everything that you are doing in this place. The evidence is seen, Lord Father God, that indeed you are in this place. We thank you for this. And this morning, I would like to declare openly and publicly that I do not rely on my personal limited human ability to teach, but Holy Spirit, you are going to take over. May you use me just as a vessel, and we shall be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor after all that you have accomplished in this place. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, This morning, I'm teaching from the book of Psalm 133. And uh, we are learning about the fresh oil. This is the month of fresh oil. Hallelujah. And uh, the title is taken from the book of Psalm 92 verse 10. Psalm 92 verse 10. And it reads, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Let's read together those that are there, the second portion of this verse. One, two, three, let's read. 
I have been anointed with fresh oil. Uh, when I was told about the month of fresh oil, my heart was filled with joy. And then a lot of things were running around in my uh, mind. And I said, yeah, this fresh oil is for my joy. And that day when I was receiving that message, I was rushing to do some exercises. And when I was doing the exercise, the whole 30 minutes, I was still meditating upon the oil of joy. All of joy. And I was enjoying it. I was telling my partner to say, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It was like uh, something was ignited within me that I never had until you told me. And then when I went back to prepare and then I read the verse and the Lord was ministering to me so many things. This is the second message that I have pre- I had prepared for this day. You can imagine. Friday morning when I woke up four o'clock and I was in my office praying. After praying, then I believe the Lord shifted my mind to another subject. In the first place, I have a lesson that was coming from Psalm 23. The whole Psalm 23, we could have done it today. But then, shortly after the prayers, that's when the Lord took me back to Psalm 133. He told me that I need to finish off my testimony, which I started last time. So, the Lord is saying, I have been anointed with fresh oil. What about this fresh oil? This fresh oil is the type of anointing that we can say it's shemen. Shemen. S-H-E-M-E-N. This type of uh, fresh oil and anointing, it's a fresh confirmation of office. Fresh confirmation of office. This is one of the grace that is found in this text of uh, the fresh oil that is being talked about in Psalm 92. There are so many graces, but I just picked a few. The first one being fresh confirmation of office. That is service. Whether you are an usher, a cell group leader, a pastor, whoever we are, God is confirming that he's giving us a fresh confirmation. Fresh confirmation of our service to the Lord. And then the second one, it's abundance of plenty. Abundance is already plenty. Plenty is already abundance. But this is abundance of plenty. Say abundance of plenty. That's another grace that is found in this type of anointing, which is the shaman type of anointing. And then the third one that I picked is a renewed comfort to revive the faint-hearted. A renewed comfort or comforts to revive the faint-hearted. In this walk that we are in, the faith walk, there are so many things that are happening all around us that sometimes make us to feel way down that we can't continue. We would want to give up at one point in time. I was like that. I gave up. First of all, I was anointed to service to be a pastor. Full service of anointing. 2003. And then along the way, I was running away like Jonah from the call. Then I had to travel away from home to say, no, 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 no. 
this is too much for me because it would take me away from this job I love most and then put me into full-time ministry, which right now I am not ready. But the Lord was already ready because he knew that that's where I am supposed to be. And then, like Jonah, God prepared another fish there that swallowed me from that side, pushed me back to the land which I was running away from. I had no intention that we will come back as a family. Never. But the Lord pushed me out because he brought this anointing, the shaman type of anointing, confirming once again to say, my son, go back. I have got an assignment with you. But I was weighed down with so many things. That's why I had to run away. Just like Jonah, he was weighed down because he was angry with Nineveh. Maybe they had duped him. Maybe they had done something bad to him and he didn't want to minister to them. But the Lord said, no, I've got an assignment for you. I'm going to pour out my anointing. But before I do that, I have to put you inside this fish. And then it will uh, take you back to where you're supposed to be. So, we are saying this type of anointing is a grace. There is a grace inside this anointing that renews comfort to revive the faint-hearted. If you are faint-hearted right now, God is ready this month. By the end of this month, you are going to see things differently from the way you have already seen them. There is so much about you that the world needs that you can't run away from. You just have to dish out that thing. So if you are like me, running away from this confirmation, the Lord is going to deal with you this month. Praise the Lord. We cannot only serve God on the pulpit, but in our offices, we can serve God. In the business that we are doing, we can serve God. But some of us, the Lord wanted us decide. Praise the Lord. So, we want to look at this third grace, which is the renewed comfort to revive the faint-hearted. Just like in the book of Acts 14, verse 19 and 20, Paul was stoned. Paul was dragged out of the city. And those people that fought against him thought that Paul is dead. They thought that Paul was dead. But when disciples had gathered around him, he received a renewed comfort. He got the revival of his soul. And the Bible tells us that he got up, went back into the city, continued the service to the Lord. Psalm 133 verse 3b, I want us all to be there. Psalm 133 verse 3b, I want us all to be there. We are going to read together. One, two, three, let's read. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Again, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Where is there? Ask your neighbor, where is there? Because according to this place, there is a place. Where is there? We want to find out this particular place. This place that is called there in this place, it is the agape center. Allow me to use it an agape center. This is a place that is at the heart 
of God. Because our God is love. So it is an agape center where God dwells and where God operates from. It is a place where even the least of the society can find comfort. It is a place where those that have been blues are going to get healed from their blueses. This is a place where even Zacchaeus, the tax collector, though everyone was against him because of the type of business that he was into, collecting taxes, but Jesus had that place there where Zacchaeus belonged. When Zacchaeus was brought into that place, everything about Zacchaeus and his household changed. This is the place where we all need to be. Whatever circumstances we are in, this is the best place, which is the agape center. It is a place where that woman who was caught in the very act of adultery found comfort. When the whole world when it was all over on social media at that time, if they had, when the newspapers had taken this issue to the papers to say this woman is the most wicked women, uh, woman in this, uh, uh, in this land. This woman got to the center where God dwells. That's why Jesus accommodated her. She was forgiven. And she was revived. She received what she needed most other than the judgment that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and everyone wanted to put upon her shoulders. This is the place where whatever we are going through right now, whether we are heavily indebted, this is the place where we are going to get that refreshment. We are going to get the wisdom. We are going to get the know-how we can come out from whatever situation we are. For there, the Lord commands a blessing and life forevermore. So, we want to find about now where is there from Psalm 133 verse 1. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when we come across this word behold in the Bible, we should uh, pause a bit and find out why does God want us to behold? Why? And what is this thing that we need to behold? The word behold is look up and pay attention. Look up and pay attention. Tell your neighbor. Look up. Pay attention. Look up. Pay attention. So the Lord is saying through the psalmist who was writing this verse he is a man who had gone through so much in his life there was rebellion in the kingdom even his very own son had come against him there was so much that was happening in his family rape there was murder, murders in the, that family but there come a time whereby everything around him now ceased. Now there was too much peace all around him. Now he said, look up. And then he was paying attention to the tranquility that was prevailing to say, where was this all this time? 
I needed this refreshment. I needed this peace. Be homeward and pay attention. And then he said, behold, how good and pleasant. How good and pleasant. Perfume is pleasant. Not so? Yes. The cologne that you are wearing this morning is very nice. And then the psalmist is, behold, how good and pleasant. Sweet smelling. When brethren dwell together in unity. The word dwell there, maybe... You can remember in that meeting, you can remember in that uh, conversation, you ask somebody, why do you always dwell on this point? Have you ever asked that question? Why does the pastor always dwell on this one? So the word dwell in that verse is talking about thinking about a thing over and over and over again. And it is also talking about a thing that is being talked over and over and over and over again. So, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So, this dwelling together, it's going beyond the physical realm. It's going beyond the physical realm. Philippians 1 verse 3, 5 and 7, I'll read to you, you can just write down. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. So whenever I'm reading this psalm, I always remember our courtship time. How many are courting? Those that are not courting, you are married, but you remember that time where you were in courtship. You were just like twins. The way you think is the same. The way you do things is the same. Even if somebody tells you there is this, there is that, there is that, the ears are closed because you are dwelling together in unity with your fiancé or fiancée. That's the type of thought that should come when we are reading this psalm. That type of relationship. That is unbreakable. And then Paul is saying, I thank my God every time, every time I think about you. Just like when I take a phone, and then this is my girlfriend, this is my wife. People will say, just the phone. Because there is someone that you're interacting with there who is always in your mind. You are talking over and over about that person. You're thinking over and over about the person. Good, good, sweet things. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. Say partnership. In the gospel from the first day until now. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending the gospel. Now this is the place whereby Paul. Regardless of what, uh, whatever he was going through. Whether he was in prison. Whether he was being beaten. Whatever happened to him. But when he remembers Pastor Manjolo. He was glad. There was a refreshment in his heart. His life was like revived when he's thinking about the mission, when he's thinking about the people, when he's thinking about the brother, when he's thinking about the sister. So all these slashes, all this beating, 
was nothing to him because he knows that after all this, I've got a family. After all this, I've got a church. After all this, I've got a brother. After all this, I've got a sister who is going to help refresh me, revive me. This is beyond the physical realm. Dwelling together in unity goes beyond the physical realm. Philemon 4 it says, uh, it's just one chapter, verse 4. It says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. This is dwelling together in unity. Beholding the sweetness. Beholding the joy. Beholding everything good about the relationship. The relationship between the pastor and the members. Between the members and members. Between everyone that is there in that place. This is the dwelling together in unity that God wants us. Whenever I think about a brother or a sister, I need to have that joy and zeal, even to pray for them. Just like friends always, I just wanted to say hi. That should also go into prayers. We should put that gear into prayers. Praying for one another all the time. Now, there is a possibility that people can dwell together but not in unity. In the book of 1 Corinthians 11 verse 17, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 17, the Bible tells me, that was Paul writing, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. And then this was a church. These were believers. But now the apostle has noted that these people are not dwelling together at that level. In that place, the agape center. Then he says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, church. For your meetings do more harm than good. So as we are meeting as Christians in our cell groups, as we are meeting along the roads, as we are in the marketplace, wherever we are, as brothers and sisters, let our meeting be for the good of the church. Be for the good of the ministry. Whenever we meet, we are talking about our ministry, good things, and confessing good things about our ministry. Because we do not want in the body of Christ to have meetings that are doing more harm than good. But then it is also possible when we decide to say we are going to make this place a wonder place whereby each and every church, I call every family, every household is a church on its own. So here is just an assembly of churches. This is an assembly of churches. And then there is this church that was talking about the service today. And then there is that other church that was praying for this church service. Then there is that other church that was talking about how God is going to move in this place when we meet together. Imagine the sparks when we come together. This is the type of spark that makes us enjoy the worship just as we did this morning. Praise the Lord. Behold how good and pleasant it is. That we are thinking about how am I going to make that ministry good? Do I need to give more? Give more. Do I need to commit my time more? Commit your time more in this place. 
so that when people are gathered together, those, those that are wounded, those that are afflicted, they should say, no, the service was too short. I'll wait for the second service. I am going to be here until God does that which he wants to do in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, in Acts 2 verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Say one accord. In one place. One accord. When the day of Pentecost, if they were like the church of the book of Corinth, Pentecost could have not taken place. Whatever happened on that day could not have taken place. Because they were meet, the, 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 their meetings were doing more harm. So if that meeting was doing more harm, how could the Holy Spirit come? No. He couldn't have come. But when we are in one accord, this type of anointing, the shaman type of anointing, is going to be landing like nobody's business. Praise God. So, when they were in one accord, which is the holy communion, holy communion, this is what is called fellowship. This is what is called koinonia. Hallelujah. In one accord, they were dwelling together in unity. And then when they were dwelling together in unity, they created a platform for the Holy Spirit. When we are dwelling together in unity, even at household levels, even when uh, we are in our marriage, even when we are brother and sister, when we are relating to our brothers and brothers and sisters, when we are dwelling together in unity, we create a platform for the Holy Spirit to work. We create a platform for this fresh anointing to flow all the time. Whether we are in lack or whether we are in plenty, because this type of anointing, when it comes, it makes that city glad. No matter what situation we are in, we are going to enjoy life. Even the time where our pantries do not have anything. But because there is this type of anointing where people are dwelling together in unity, that lack turns us into something that takes us to intercession, takes us to praise, takes us to all those dimensions in the spirit whereby we are just joyful all the time. Hallelujah. This is the more reason why a wife and a husband, they may all getting a million each net. But because there is not this type of anointing, that two million goes like methylated spirit. And everyone asks the earth, what, what, what did we do? What did, did, you, did you take something there? No, 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 I didn't. I don't. And then you don't understand what is taking place because there is no shaman type of anointing. There is no dwelling together in unity. But when there is unity, this type of anointing, even a 10,000 makes us a difference. It makes a difference. I wanted to do this, um, but because uh, no, 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 you needed something. Yes. Let's start with you. Because you are agreeing. Let's, but when there is no this anointing, when this anointing is absent, everyone does whatever they want to do. And it's chaos. When we are dwelling together in unity as a church, 
the pastor's work becomes lighter. Even though the assignments are too heavy, but it becomes lighter because there is agreement at every level. At that spiritual level, there is too much agreement. Where everyone is just too committed. Where everyone, wherever they are, they feel like, if I don't go, nothing is going to go wrong. Even though there is nothing that is going to go wrong, but because you are committed, you are operating from this type of anointing, you say, if I miss the body of Christ, it's going to be lame. Because I am part of that body. So if I don't attend home, so something is wrong, you truly feel that something is wrong somewhere. Because this type of fresh oil pushes you to do good always. It pushes you to do things for ministry. It pushes you to commit your time even when it's not convenient. But for the sake of Christ, this type of anointing tells you there is somebody who is going to come to the home cell. There is somebody who is going to come to the church. He's not looking for the pastor. He is looking for your smile. He's looking for the way you greet them. You welcome them into the church. So if you miss, the body of Christ is going to become lame. That's what this type of anointing is going to compel us to do. So in this type of fellowship, there is partnership, there is friendship, there is intimacy, and also there is a common language. Common language. There is partnership, there is friendship. We are not going to go into all that, but we have got an idea of what we are talking about. There is always intimacy. There is always common language. Where each part of the body is supplying the virtues that it's supposed to supply. Where communication is the food for the day. Everyone knows where the other is. Everyone knows the burdens the other has. Everyone knows what is needed without being taught. Where offerings, sacrifices are being given not because the administrator has announced. But because I am part and parcel of this family, I just need to supply this blessing that the Lord has heaped on me. Verse 2 of Psalm 133. It says, it is like the precious oil. So, precious oil, fresh oil. Precious oil, fresh oil. So, they are saying, the dwelling together in unity, whatever I have explained here, is like this fresh oil. The precious oil. Upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. Precious oil, which is fresh oil, which is the anointing, which is the shaman type of anointing. And then the Bible is telling us through the psalmist to say, our unity, our unity is like an anointing. It is, of course, an anointing. Because where there is no unity, the Holy Spirit fails to operate. But where there is unity in that team, where there is unity in that team, just like we saw this morning as we were worshipping, 
Then this type of anointing draws everyone to the throne of God at the agape center. We enjoy worshiping together because there is that unity. We just want to break down this verse. Verse 2. It's a chapter. These verses are chapters in the book that uh, is already written but it's not yet in the print. Which is entitled Holy Communion. The unity in verse 1 we have agreed. We have seen. That is a type of anointing. It's an anointing. Unity is anointing. So we want to see this precious oil. When it was poured upon the leader. When it was poured upon Pastor Macduff and Mama Billy. Then this anointing flows down to the team members. It flows down to the members. It flows down to the sons and daughters in the house. It's touching the beard of Aaron. What does the beard stand for? Like myself, no matter how much I try to keep them, because I, I want to do that type of fire, uh, it never works. <laughs> it never works. True story, it never works. But I want, if there is a prayer, pray for me, I want that type of... <laughs> Praise God, it doesn't work. Praise God. So, beards, it's a sign of vitality and manly beauty. Can we agree? Men look beautiful when they... Hallelujah. So that's what this type of anointing does. It brings beauty to a person. Now that anointing is coming down to the beard, where it's a sign of vitality and manly beauty, and also beard is a symbol of respect, honor, and dignity. It is a symbol of respect, honor, and dignity. Dignity is an asset in every child of God. In every person. If you tamper with their dignity, that's war. So as children of God, we need to be careful on how we handle each other. How do we handle one another? Now it's talking about the garments. The scale of his garment. The age of his garment. Imagine I don't dress up. People will run around in the streets to say, the pastor is mad. But when we dress, people honor us. People admire us. So in the spiritual realm, there is something that we are going to learn from 2 Samuel 10 verse 1 to 5. I'll read to you. What we are drawing from Psalm 133 verse 2. The beard and the garments, respect, honor, dignity. Honoring those that need to be honored. Being submitted. To Samuel 10 verse 1 to 5 it says, In the course of time, the king of the Ammonites died and his son Hanan succeeded him as a king. David thought, said, dwelling together in unity. Now a king has died, but someone who received a favor is thinking well about that kingdom, about that king. He said, now David thought, I will show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, 
just as his father, who is late now, showed kindness to me. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanan concerning his father. When David's men came to the land of the Ammonites, the Ammonites' nobles said to Hanan, the king, Do you think David is honoring your father by sending men to you to express sympathy? Hasn't David sent them to explore the city and spy it out and overthrow it? So Hanan seized David's men, shaved off half of each man's beard. Beard, Psalm 133, verse 2. Cut off their garments. Garments, Psalm 133, verse 2. In the middle at the buttocks. Battle. That is battle. And send them away. When David was told about this, he sent messengers to meet the men, for they were greatly humiliated. The king said, stay at Jericho till your beards have grown and then come back. So we see here David is trying to refresh, restore the people whose dignity and honor was tampered with. Haven't you met someone whom you were trying to cancel out of love? Not attacking them. But in response, they are doing something to the contrary. Have you met them? They need help and pray for them because this type of anointing has to end such type of behavior. Here, the king is saying, King David is saying, I want to show favor. I want to return the favor that the father of this young man did to me. He was still dwelling together in unity with that kingdom. But because there was change of leadership, this boy, he was listening to bad counsel and he thought David had come to fight. That's how many Christians see each other. They are always for battle when somebody is coming with uh, an olive branch. That's why the psalmist in one of the psalms says, Long have I lived amongst people who hate peace. There are other people who don't enjoy peace. They just want to cause drama all the time. We need to pray for such in this month of the fresh anointing, fresh oil. There are people that hate cancer, even in the church. They don't want anyone to correct them. More especially in this era where there is too much information, we have got people that are preaching but have never been to church in their lives, even Sunday school. But because on the phone a verse comes, they want to twist it and tell us something and we believe that and yet God has given us pastors in this house. That can lead us to say, no, 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 this is not the way, this is the way. This is not the way, this is the way. They are people that had cancer. So we can see that when um, Nahash had done this to the people of David, there was war that broke up. So there are spiritual wars that are breaking up in the Christendom also because people are not understanding one another. They are not flowing in this type of anointing. We need this fresh oil 
to sort out all the battles that are there between a brother and a sister, a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister, uh, leaders and uh, uh, members, members and their leaders. At whatever level, whether in the ushering team, whether whatever is there, we need this type of anointing for us to bring heaven down so that those that are unchurched, those that do not know Christ, when they look at us, they should say, these people are with Christ. The disciples asked, how shall they know that we are one with you, Jesus? They thought maybe Jesus would say, they shall know when you cast out too much, too many devils. Or he said, when you love one another. Love is the principal thing of all that which we are talking about. Koinonia, fellowship with one another. Having one mind. And Jeremiah 32 verse 39 says, I will give you people that have got one mind and one purpose in action. So that everyone may fear me. All of you may fear me. For the benefit of them and their children. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you can see that dwelling together in unity is an anointing. The fresh oil that we are celebrating this month. Let's make it an assignment in our lives to say, Father, this month as it comes to a close, let me flow in this type of anointing and people should wonder to say what has happened in the life of this brother or sister. They should look at us in the office and say, no, you are different. What has happened to you? Tell them, at KICC, August was the month of fresh oil. It changes everything about us. And love is the principal thing. Unity is the principal thing. When we are united with Christ, we are united with the body of Christ. We are united with every person. Every person. Regardless, we just have to show love. Regardless, that's Christianity. How shall they know that we are one when we love one another? And where there is love, there is always unity. Praise God. Psalm 133 verse 3a. We are discussing about where. Where is there? This is the there. Hallelujah. How many are following? Praise Jesus. So, in verse 2, it says unity, dwelling together in unity, the fellowship, the koinonia, the communion, dwelling with one accord is like anointing. It is anointing. And then verse 133, 3a, it says it is like Jew of Hermon. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. It is like Jew of Hermon. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. Mount Hermon is taller than Mount Zion. Bigger than Mount Zion. So what was happening in that part of the world is that it's a dry place. It's a dry place. The water that they were relying on, I don't know about now, but the water that they were relying on at that time was that of, uh, there used to be snow, dew, on top of the mountain. 
Just like some of these mountains that we have, there is always something like snow on top. And then when it lights up like this during day, then uh, that dew was melting. It was melting. And then that was the water that the river Jordan was enjoying. The source of the river Jordan was from the dew of Hermon. And this dew also was refreshing Mount Zion because it was it's smaller than that. So the higher the lofty mountain is supplying to the lower mountains. Just like as we are in the church or wherever we are. We are ministering to one another regardless of our status. We are all children of God. Our statuses may differ, but when we are under this anointing, when we are at this place, everyone is important. Everyone is very important because everyone has to supply something to someone also. So this is the water when it melts, when the dew melts on Mount Hermon, it was supplying to River Jordan. And everyone in the city was drawing from this dew turned into water in Jordan. So when we wake up in the morning, when we are operating through the day, we need to remember to pray for a brother or a sister in the church. People are going through so much in the church. People are broken down. People are helpless and hopeless. The least we can do is to pray for one another. And I have noted, more especially married people, because I do conduct uh, marriage seminars. What I've found out is that many married people do not pray for one another. But they talk to one another about prayer. Can we pray for the neighbor? Anaminyana. <laughs> Can we pray for uh, Hurricane Matthew for America? And yet these two are not praying for one another. Nobody is praying for the other. That is an abomination. We need to repent. I have seen children not praying for their families, uh, for their father and mother. And yet every day they are demanding something from them. They are demanding something. And their demands are unreasonable. If they had prayed, their demands would also change. Their demands would also change. I was asking a group of young men. We've got two types of young men in our church. And then this, uh, I just was asking them, when last did you pray for me as your pastor? Because every time you are enjoying my company, you even want us to add another day Tuesday for you to meet me always. Have you ever prayed for me? Said <laughs> the other one said, yeah, Zana, I prayed for you. I said, thank you. The least you can do to a brother or sister is pray. And when you have prayed, God is going definitely to, to, uh, going to tell you what you can do best for them. Because from that prayer, God will say, now, after this prayer, can you take that packet of sugar? He needs it. Can you take that one? But without prayer, we are going just to conclude that everything is fine with everyone. 
Hallelujah. So in your prayer time, remember your pastors. And pastors, most people think that they don't need prayers. I'm telling you guys, we need more prayers than maybe some of you. Because every time we have to have something from the Lord that requires prayer so that we can answer to every problem that comes to us. There are too many counselings that we do. I remember there was this time. We are closing. We are closing. There was a time when an electrician came to me. I never knew that he was an electrician. And I don't know how he knew that he needs deliverance. Because he told me, Pastor, I need deliverance. I mean, imagine me going to the doctor. <laughs> I need, uh, I need uh, Malakwin. Yeah, <laughs> if Malakwin exists. <laughs> what do you need Malakwin for? Because you first need to be diagnosed. And then medicine is prescribed. I said, okay, tell me what's happening. And he says, um, my business is dying. I don't know what is happening. I said, okay, what type of business do you do? He says, I am an electrician. I say, oh, praise God. And then I asked him so many questions until that I had nothing even to say. I said, no, this person seems to be a good Christian, seems to be everything that the Bible talks about a person that is changed. Then I said in my, inside me, say, Holy Spirit, I don't have anything to say. This person, I can't find out the problem. I can't. Help me. In two minutes then, I said, okay, let me make a cup of tea for both of us. Then I went to the kitchen, made two cups of tea, I came back. During that period, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me some wisdom. And then I asked my brother, when you were building this house, didn't you take something from this house because it was on demand on the other house that you were doing some work? Or maybe you were given money to buy something that cost you 70000 and you bought a 30000 gadget and the rest you kept. The person started laughing. Laughing. I left him. I knew that now the Lord has done the work. He laughed for about three to five minutes. I left him. After he had come down, I say, why are you laughing? He says, Pastor, I've known my problem. I said, okay, tell me. Yeah, I was overcharging what you have said. That's what I normally do. So I said, yes, ask people who are contracting you. We talk to one another. After talking to one another, nobody wants to call you. Nobody can recommend you to the next person. So the prayer that we are going to pray here is not devil out, demons out. No, it's Father, forgive me. I have sinned. So that's why as pastors we need your prayers. Because there are so many things that we cannot deal with. No matter how much experience we have on this pulpit, this pulpit doesn't have experience. All we need is the fresh type of anointing when you pray for us. Praise God. And then this Jew, when it's melting, it's refreshing the whole city. You are refreshing your parents. You are refreshing your pastors. You are refreshing your committee members, your team members. You are refreshing everyone. And you shall see that now we shall become the church in the book of Acts. 
whereby the presence of the Holy Spirit, whereby the shaman type of anointing was just like a dairy food. Praise God. Let us all stand. Hallelujah.